Hello, students, doctors, and aspiring EM physicians. I'm your host, Yusuke Kishimoto, and welcome to the R Squared Road to Residency podcast. In today's episode, we've got a lot of information. I'll be covering all about the SLOW, the standardized letter of evaluation, and its four different types. I'll also be sharing with you some resources I used to get the top 10% on my SLOW evaluations. Let's start off by going over CORD, or the Council of Residency Directors in Emergency Medicine. This organization serves to represent program directors and provide resources to set standards and guidelines for emergency medicine education. Usually around late March or early April, they'll release something called a joint statement regarding the number of slows recommended for the upcoming application cycle. During the 2022-23 cycle, as restrictions on the COVID pandemic lifted, CORD's recommendation was a minimum of one slow to apply to emergency medicine and two slows preferred by many programs. Please refer to CORD's website for the updated guidelines applicable to your cycle. On to the four types of slows. We have the e-slow, non-residency slow, subspecialty slow, and o-slow. All types are similar in a sense that they're mainly composed of four sections. First is grading. It lists the grading scheme used on your rotation, grade received on your rotation, an indication of what percent of students on this rotation receive the specific grades corresponding to the grading scheme. Examples of grading schemes or grading scales that are used include honor, high pass, pass, fail, or the classic ABCDF. Next is student evaluation that's broken up into two individual parts. One is based on how the letter writer sees how fit the applicant is as an EM candidate, as well as their entrustability with clinical duties. And the other is how the applicant compares to their peers on how much guidance the letter writers anticipate the applicant may need for clinical proficiency and graduation requirements. And lastly, we have the written comments. Letter writers will have about 350 words to summarize the applicant's overall candidacy based on strengths, growth opportunities, and any highlights that they would like to mention. For a visual representation on what these might look like, please visit the CORD eSlow website. I recommend downloading them so you can take a look at what your letter writers will be looking for when completing your slow. Let's go over the first type, the eSlow, or the Electronic Standardized Letter of Evaluation. This is the letter you can receive from performing an emergency medicine rotation at a location with an emergency medicine residency program. eSlow is king. When people refer to slows, this is the one that they're talking about since it holds the most weight. This comes from its two unique points compared to others. Point one, when you complete an EM elective or sub-I at an institution with an EM residency program, you are expected to complete an end-of-rotation exam. Mainly two types exist, one offered by SAEM and the other an NBME shelf exam. As to which one is administered, it's up to the institution. Your raw score from this exam is then recorded onto your evaluation as well as what the average exam scores were, so it's imperative that you perform well. Point two, under the student evaluation section, they have an additional question. It asks the letter writer their estimate on how highly the candidate will be placed on their rank list. The ranges are top 10%, top third, middle third, lower third, or unlikely to be ranked. Next, let's move on to the other three. The non-residency slow, or slow for non-residency-based EM physicians. This is a letter you can receive from performing an EM rotation at a location without an EM residency program. 
There are certain instances where a school's home institution or affiliated hospital where you're doing your rotation may not have an EM residency. These letters are for those EM physicians who you request a letter from. The subspecialty slow, or slow for subspecialty rotations, this is a letter you can receive from performing a rotation in a subspecialty of emergency medicine. A subspecialty is an area of medicine with a more advanced or niche scope within the main specialty. Those that are specifically listed on this form include ultrasound, toxicology, EMS, and pediatric emergency medicine. When looking for these electives, you'll notice that some may be two or four weeks, so please plan accordingly when building your rotation schedule. And the O-slow, or the off-service slow. This was a new letter added during the pandemic in the year 2020, where non-EM physicians, for example, surgery, internal medicine, or any other clinical discipline other than emergency medicine, hence the term off-service, can upload your letter of recommendation using the slow format rather than the typical paragraph form. One key thing to note, many who write your OSLO may not be familiar with this format. When you request this letter, make sure you send them the proper link on CORD's website and inform them that they can fill it out online, generate a PDF after its completion, and should upload this completed PDF to your ERAS application. So, now that we've covered all the types of slows, what's the game plan? Imagine each slow is a building block of different heights. You can only stack three or four, and your goal is to build the tallest tower possible. My proposal to you is to secure your e-slows first. Remember, e-slow is king. Following the 2022-23 CORD guidelines, ideally, you should schedule two four-week emergency medicine electives where they have a residency program. But you may be wondering, hey Yusuke, why not schedule four and get four e-slows? This is generally frowned upon. Slows are arguably the most influential piece of an EM candidate's application, and to hog potential spots from other applicants is not kosher. There are a couple of exceptions to this recommendation for a possible third e-slow. These include a gap in medical education or leave of absence, matriculated in a dual degree program, or a poor performance in one of your EM electives, where that slow has a potential to create a slow pedo, which may end up tanking your application. Other blocks at your disposal in the hierarchy order are subspecialty slows, where you can explore more avenues within emergency medicine, non-residency slows, where you may obtain additional EM experience, and O-slows, where a non-EM physician can vouch for you very highly or when you're unable to obtain the previous two. You can mix and match these as you see fit, but the best build, in my opinion, is two e-slows plus one or two subspecialty slows. Alright, enough about slows. I'm pretty slowed out. Let's backtrack a little bit. During your elective or sub-internship, you only have four weeks to make a great impression on your letter writers. I'll be listing a couple resources you could use throughout your rotation and into residency. The best part? They're all free. First up, we have the EM Clerkship Podcast by Dr. Zachary Olson. He has a variety of amazing content on his series, covering everything from patient presentations, common chief complaints, management of specific conditions, and even MBME shelf and oral board review series. I've listened to his podcast every day on my commute during my electives, probably the whole series three times over. He was actually my inspiration for creating these episodes to hopefully help out other students just as like he has done for me, 
and propelled me into a world of foam or free online access medicine. Next, we have SAEM, or the Society of Academic Emergency Medicine. If you'd rather follow a curriculum to study off of, SAEM has their own, specific to M3 and M4 students on their website. This is a perfect way to study for your SAEM end of rotation exam, as the concepts that are tested are coming directly from the same writers of the curriculum. Although a little excessive for students, Foundations of Emergency Medicine website has a curriculum as well that many residencies are now incorporating into their flipped classroom style, WIC-EM. This is a website where you can search for information on diagnoses, differentials, and management. Just type in the chief complaint or diagnosis of interest to see all the information you could ever need, backed by references. Specific to ultrasound, I have a couple. We've got the quick and easy 5-minute sonosection under Core Ultrasound by Dr. Jason Avila. The live scans of Normal versus Pathology on the POCUS Atlas by Dr. Michael Macias. And the in-depth step-by-step guides on POCUS 101 by Dr. V. Din. These were all amazing resources to learn from so you could flex your knobology and your probe skills. And specific to EKGs, Life in the Fast Lane website has a library of EKG interpretations, as well as clinical cases and self-assessment quizzes. Some handy applications to have downloaded onto your phone are MDCalc and Hippocrates. MDCalc is a phone application that has lists of different scoring systems, criterias, and equations. You can choose by specialty or manually enter into the search bar and save them in your favorites. It was absurdly useful when I was presenting my patients to my attendings. Hippocrates is another one that gives you easy access to familiarize yourself with drug dosages, contraindications, and common side effects. I have another one for you, but I saved this one for last because it's technically not free. But it is free for all ASAP MRAP members who are students, residents, and fellows. Kind of like a membership perk. MRAP is another website and application that has podcasts and videos covering all kinds of various topics. And they even do a journal review. My personal three favorite sections I want to highlight are Crunch Time, C3, or the Comprehensive Core Curriculum, and EMA, or the Emergency Medicine Abstracts. And that concludes this episode. I hope you're able to learn more about the slows used in emergency medicine, as well as the free resources you could use to impress your attendings. In the next episode, we're going to be putting everything we learned into one as I guide you through the residency application timeline. If you found this podcast helpful, please mention it to a fellow colleague who would greatly appreciate your support. Catch you awesome people next time on the R Squared Road to Residency podcast.